This is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update Podcast. This is part of an ongoing series featuring critical insights from the physicians and healthcare professionals on the front lines of the pandemic. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 update video and podcast. Today, we welcome back Dr. Peter Hotez, Dean of the National School of Tropical Medicine at Baylor College of Medicine and co-director of the Texas Children's Hospital for Vaccine Development in Houston for discussion about what else? Omicron variant and what it means for the months ahead. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Dr. Hotez, thanks. Uh, Welcome back. I think there was one other thing we need to add to your bio, uh, which is Grand Marshal of Houston's Thanksgiving Day Parade since we last met. How was that? That was very exciting, except uh, there was lightning af- uh, as it was about to begin, and so we had to shut it all down. But at least the beginning part was uh, a lot of fun and very meaningful to be recognized by my city. So that was, and the mayor was terrific. So that was great. Well, uh, maybe that lightning was uh, por- uh, portended of something coming, which. Uh, we're now in the middle of, and I know that you're. Uh, I think the, this... I think it was just, it just the anti-vaxxers figured out how to generate that lightning. So <laughs> bad about it. I'm sure. Well, I know you're. I'm, uh, I'm certain of it. You're bouncing, you know, from interview to interview. Uh, this is a you know a, a topic uh, being discussed around the world uh, on Omicron. I, I actually read already this morning an interview you'd done in the Houston Chronicle, uh, and I was really struck by. You know, something I've learned from you and that you hit on in this article, which is about the predictability of of a new variant. Why don't you just start by start there? Well, you know, for instance, a lot is being made of the fact that now the Omicron variant is in multiple European countries in Hong Kong and Australia and Canada. And it's, it's likely in the United States. And to which I say, well, that's been true of just about every variant we've we've had right by the time we identify it it's already gone global. And that happened since the beginning with the original variant that came out of central China. By the time we realized uh, it was in the United States and enacted uh, travel bans from China, the virus had entered into New York City from from Southern Europe to ignite the terror, terrible epidemic in, in New York. And so uh, this is the way this virus operates. So the, I think the first point to make is the fact that it's in multiple countries um, at this point to me is not necessarily meaningful. Um, it could be, but it's pretty much every variant we've ever had has has done this. And then, and so I think it's worth keeping a few things in perspective, I think. And the other piece to this is the fact that, you know, we're hearing different things about severity of illness, some claiming it's mild illness, some claiming it's, uh, you're seeing patients in the hospital with it. To which I say, you know, pretty much all of the variants have more or less presented with a clinical, similar clinical spectrum of illness. We haven't seen big game-changing differences um, in severity of illness between variants. It's not to say this couldn't be the first, but so when I hear anecdotes about that, I don't hold too much stock mm-hmm. in them. I think the the two things that we have to look at a little more closely is its transmissibility is this something that can outcompete the delta variant number the question one and question two is this going to have immune escape properties just because of all the mutations in the spike protein and the receptor binding domain from existing vaccines so you know for the first part um well let me stop there and see see if if you think that's a good way to go yeah i think that's actually you know that's what's on people's minds right now i think what you know what i read this morning was you know, what you've told me before, which is we have large portions of unvaccinated people around the globe, we're going to see new variants like this. And 
the question on everybody's mind is what, there's so much we don't know at this point that is anecdotal. So why don't you go into those two topics that you talk, uh, you know, what do sure. we know? Well, in terms of transmissibility, you know, what I say is the, the idea that you can have a variant that's so transmissible that it'll outcompete the Delta variant that's a pretty high bar. I mean, the Delta variant is by far the most transmissible we've seen. It's not to say it's not possible, but when I do look at the sequences of the areas that we have, many of us hypothesized was responsible for the transmissibility of both the Alpha and Delta variant, meaning a couple of mutations outside the receptor binding domain in the spike protein at the 681 position, uh, which is the site of the furin cleavage site and, and also in the nucleocapsid um, area encoding the nucleocapsid, to me, it looks more like the alpha mutations. So on that basis alone, I would not expect it to outcompete um, outcompete Delta. So I think we're still going to have Delta in this country in the foreseeable future. But what you could happen, what could happen is the immune escape properties because of the spike protein. So if you're uh, incompletely immunized, such as if, as if you've been infected and recovered, you might be particularly susceptible to Omicron. So one possible scenario, and again, it's it's awfully soon to speculate, but one possible scenario is that you could have the Delta variant in the United States, for instance, continuing to accelerate among the unvaccinated population. But in parallel, you might have Omicron among those who've been infected and recovered, but who've chose not to get vaccinated on top of that because they'll have incomplete immunity. So they'll be susceptible to reinfection with COVID-19, but the Omicron variant. So two, two syndemic coexisting variants, but affecting predominantly, disproportionately affecting different populations, Delta among the unvaccinated, um, Omicron among the partially immune because of infection and recovery, although be, or because they got a single dose of vaccine. You know, that's that's a hypothetical scenario. We'll see how it how it how it unfolds. But I think that's a possibility. I think the bigger the other question that's on everyone's mind, of course, is, hey, doc, I got three doses. I got you know, I've got a 30 fold increase, 30 to 40 fold increase in my virus neutralizing antibodies. Um, after getting my third dose, I have enough virus neutralizing antibodies to defeat the Taliban. What happens now when I get Omicron? And um, and the answer is we don't know. I hoping and that there'll be enough virus neutralizing antibodies to uh, cross neutralize the Omicron variant in people who've got uh, triply immunized. And all of us are looking at that now, right? So in our lab for our vaccine, we're looking at. Uh, the virus neutralizing antibodies to our vaccine, seeing if it uh, crosses over, as Tony Fauci says, spills over. Um, Pfizer's doing the same, Moderna's doing the same. And, and the way you do those experiments is you take blood from either experimental animals who've been injected with a particular vaccine or people who've gotten immunized with a particular vaccine. You look at the uh, virus neutralizing antibodies against the original variant to confirm it's still there and if it assuming it is then you compare it with other variants and see if it starts to go down that's how we saw diminished predicted diminished efficacy against the initial south african variant back in um, last year uh, which we called the b1351 the beta that we think came out of south africa or the lambda variant that was found in in south america there was some 
diminution and or decrease in the amount of virus neutralizing antibodies when you looked at pseudoviruses encoding that spike protein. We'll see if that happens um, um, with this Omicron variant. Almost certainly will be a decrease. The question is how much? Will it look more like beta or lambda or something worse than that? How long, how long do you think it's going to take to figure out some of these questions? In the meantime, like we've got, you know, you've got the CEO of Moderna saying this doesn't look good. You've got a lot of conjecture. When, right. when do you think the facts roll in? Well, there's going to be two types of studies. Those laboratory investigations that I've just talked about to look at virus neutralizing antibodies in the laboratory. And we'll look at some vaccine effectiveness studies as well um, in places where Omicron is already around. So Israel has always been ahead of the game in terms of doing vaccine effectiveness studies. The Israeli Ministry of Health came out, I think, last night with an optimistic statement that they thought it could be 90% protective. I'll have to look at the data that they based that on, and I'm assuming that's based on triply immunized individuals. I'm hearing um, less less good numbers coming out of South Africa, but is that because they only got two doses and waning immunity, or is it because they got a different vaccine? So there's going to be a lot of back and forth going on, and and a lot. And the key is to be able to assess the the claims and the statements, um, and then you know the other. So the hope is that people who are triply immunized, you know, will, will get vaccinated, you know, will be, have at least some degree of protection. And I have some optimism about that. But then I say, look, you know, whether or not um, you're worried about the, ex the, the impending Delta wave that's supposed to start this winter or the Omicron variant, your strategy really isn't too much different. I mean, if you haven't, if you haven't gotten your booster shot yet, your third immunization, whether or not you're worried about Delta or the Omicron, it's the same. Get your booster, right? Because that'll give you that 30 to 40-fold bump in virus neutralizing antibodies and prolong your immune response. So you got to do that anyway. Second, if um, you've been infected and recovered, we already have data for Delta showing you're less susceptible to reinfection if you get vaccinated on top of that. Um, and cert almost certainly that's going to be more true of the Omicron variant and vaccinate your kids. So no matter what you're concerned about, your course of action to me looks roughly about the same, which is get vaccinated, get vaccinated, and get vaccinated. There we go. Um, yeah. and, and then, you know, will we need an Omicron-specific booster coming out of Moderna? Maybe, but, you know, we have to be careful about that too, because it's not necessarily certain that that's going to work. Because if you've been primed with um, antigens from the original variant, it's not clear by giving a booster with some new sequence that you necessarily just develop antibodies to that new sequence. Um, so there's not a guarantee that the, the that if there is even a new Omicron booster that it's going to work. Because and the reason I bring that up is I'm getting emails and texts and things on Twitter saying, "Hey, doc, should I wait for that new Omicron booster instead of getting my current booster?" And the answer is absolutely not. Don't wait. Get your booster now. And if you need if it turns out you do need a fourth immunization later on, then we can worry about that at that time. I mean, that would be months and months away. Could it? be, could yeah. be. Um, you know that. You know what we're seeing you now. You, you mentioned the issue about surges. It's kind of a strange situation. We've got you know twenty five states where we're seeing you know, uh, you know that numbers headed in the wrong direction. Some of the states where we were seeing surges before, like Texas, where you are, Florida, seem to be. Uh, declining a bit. Is this just going to kind of keep rolling through the unvaccinated population in these kind of intermittent two to three month type surges? 
until I, I think so. Left, so it, it's, it, it's so, you know, everyone's wringing their hands about Omicron. I say Omicron right now is not the, my number one worry. My number one worry is this next big delta wave that's about to engulf our country. And whether it does it in more drips and drabs than, and then in the dramatic fashion from last year, I, I, I can't say. But um, I'm more right now, if you ask me what my number one worry is for the country, I'd say overwhelmingly it's Delta among the unvaccinated and undervaccinated by far. And, you know, if Omicron comes up and is, you know, creates a twin uh, epidemic or syndemic, um, it could play out as I've, as I've outlined before, but right now worry about what's in hand, which is, which is Delta. So we'll of course wait and see uh, what information rolls in, but you know, what you're saying is the playbook remains the same, which is to get vaccinated right now. Is there anything, you know, that we're, we, in the meantime, uh, you know, we've got travel bans in discussion, all this kind of stuff. Is that going to be effective given our experience from the original? Yeah, I've, I, you know, since from our original experience, when we, you know, we're all, all eyes were towards across the Pacific to China and the virus then just said, hello, here I am coming from Southern Europe. I said, you know, that's just a sign that travel bans are not going to be effective. We have no way of predicting the the course of this virus and and history the two-year history of this tells us that travel bans with a couple of exceptions maybe new zealand australia island nations it had some impact but for the for north america and europe south america it's it's really had no impact and i don't think that's the way to go i think if you're really concerned we've got to vaccinate the world and and that also troubles me that there is no plan to vaccinate to help africa get itself vaccinated or to fully vaccinate South America or Southeast Asia, the Southern hemisphere remains as vulnerable as ever. I mean, that the numbers are pretty stunning there. I read that in, uh, in Africa, we're talking about an 8% vaccination rate. Do I have that right? Yeah, it basically rounds off to zero, right? I mean, Af Africa, the African continent, except for Morocco, which has done okay, but it's it's pretty much unvaccinated and that's really tragic. And as I say, Latin America, you know, it's a little better, and but a lot of that is with um, uh, the Chinese whole inactivated virus vaccines that have uncertain efficacy against some of these emerging variants. So even though the numbers look better in South America, in fact, I think it's still highly vulnerable. Southeast Asia is is highly variable, very low in the Middle East. Parts of the Middle East are low, so so we still have a long ways to go. Uh, you know, I watched the press conference yesterday. The thing that was discussed, we have, you know, shipped 250 million doses uh, abroad, more than all the other countries combined. But we're talking about billions of people in need. Yeah, if you and, were, if I think I was, I forget I was, if I was on uh, CNN or MSNBC right after that, and and but I threw some shade at that, and um, and I was angry actually because you know it just shows the lack of situational awareness the White House has about what's needed. To vaccinate the southern hemisphere we've got a more than and we've talked about this before todd we've got a billion people in sub-saharan africa you know almost a billion in south america and lower smaller income lower income countries of southeast asia it's three billion people has nine billion doses of vaccine and the president is saying we have 275 million doses 110 countries i mean it's a drop in the bucket and and the fact that he would boast about that says to me that he that the white house has no plan that the u.s government has no plan to vaccinate the world and then i got even more upset when he said and we need the other countries to step up I, and there wasn't that kind of 
uh, I don't know what the word is, situational awareness or, or, or what, that says, wait a minute, President Biden, this is your job to lead, right? I mean, who, who's going to lead? I mean, is it, are you going to ask Putin to do it or she or some nameless bureaucrat at the European Commission? I mean, no, it's got to be the president of the United States and the U.S. government has to lead. And you might say, well, that's not fair to always make it to the United States, but that's life in the big city. This is the way it's always been. You know, if you want to do big things, you need the U.S. leadership. And that's where we've got. And I've, by the way, what I've said to you is I'm not talking out of school. I've said this to multiple members of, to, of the White House, either on phone or by Zoom. And so it's not like they're hearing this from me for the first time. Well, just in closing, you know, what advice can you offer physicians out there who are going to get a lot of panicky calls from uh, their patients regarding Omicron? Well, the hope is they're getting panicky calls from their patients. I'm more concerned about the calls they're not getting from their patients who are refusing to get vaccinated. That's that's the bigger problem. And how do you reach those individuals? I would say for the panicky ones, you know, get everybody fully vaccinated to the max and and I think there's a high likelihood that that you will get partial protection at least, and maybe better than that if if it holds up what they're saying out of Israel, which which, which I don't know, and um, and 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 be mindful and 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 be be aware. And if you have travel plans for the holidays, be mindful of that as well. And don't do reckless things and don't go to parts of the world necessarily where things are really accelerating more than in the United States. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Hotez. Uh, please keep us updated as you learn more. That's it for today's COVID-19 update. For resources on COVID-19, visit ama-assn.org slash COVID-19. Thanks for joining us. Please take care. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thank you for listening.